0: All right, if you have a uh, copy of God's Word with you this morning, we are going to continue our journey through the last letter in the Bible, in the book of Revelation. I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture. I'm going to read chapter 8, chapter 9, 10, and also 11, because they all deal with seven trumpets, kind of the next cycle as it is being ramped up. So, uh, if you have a copy of uh, God's Word with you, you turn and read with me as I read the verses aloud. If not, the verses will be there on the screen for us um, this morning. Chapter 8, verse 1. When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them and another angel came up, excuse me, came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. There were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Now the seven angels, who had seven trumpets, prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet, and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood, and these were thrown upon the earth and a third of the earth was burned up, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. The second angel blew his trumpet, and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was, is Wormwood. The third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. The fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of their light might be darkened, and a third of the day might be kept from shining, likewise a third of the night. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that are the three angels that are about to blow. The fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit, the abyss. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power They will long to die, but death will flee from them. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, were, they looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like women's hair. And their teeth like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like the breastplates of iron. And the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails. And stings like scorpions and their power uh, to hurt people for five months is in their tails. They have his king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek he's called Apollyon. The first woe was past, because behold, two woes are still to come. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, the year were released to kill a third of humankind. The number of Mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplate, breastplates the color of fire and of sapphire. And the sulfur and, and the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents with heads, and by means of them they wound. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works, of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven wrapped in a cloud, with a rainbow around over his head, and his face was like the sun, and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land, and called out with a loud voice like a lion roaring. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and I swore by him who lives forever and ever, excuse me, and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay. But that in the days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God will be fulfilled, just as He announced to his seventh, to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, "Go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll and he said to me take and eat it and it will make your stomach bitter but you're in it your mouth will be sweet as honey and I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it it was sweet as honey in my mouth but when I had eaten it my stomach was made bitter And I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Chapter 11. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff. And I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out. For it is given over to the nations and they will trample the holy city for 42 months And I will grant authority to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy for 1260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky. That no rain shall fall during the days they are prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where the Lord, their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from the peoples and the tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw them and they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud. Their enemies watched them. and At, the, at that hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. and There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, "He, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was for you, have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came. And the time for the dead to be judged. And for rewarding your servants... The prophets and saints and those who fear your name, both small and great, for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavenly hail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I bow and I ask. Father, what a passage to try to grasp. What a passage to try to to understand. Lord, I don't know about others that are here this morning, but I, I know about my mind. My mind, it's hard to grasp those chapters. It's hard to, to understand all the events that are taking place. Would you allow your spirit to speak to us this morning? Would you allow your your word to go forth? And Father, it, it is more important that those words, your words, be retained by us than anything that man has to say. Father, as we look at it, as we try to unpack it a little, would you challenge and encourage me, encourage us to apply this word today? God, we love you and we thank you for your son. How much you have loved us through him. How much you have given us through him. God, would we see that? Would we? we sense the spiritual blessings you have given us through your Son, and might it change my day, our days. I ask it in Christ's name, amen. Four chapters, three points to try to understand this and to try to put our arms around it and grasp it this morning. The first point is this the intensity of the judgment is building the intensity of the days of tribulation the intensity of of the time the the torment the tribulation that is coming upon the earth it is intensifying it is building from revelation chapter 4 up to this moment up to the end of the book there will be a building and intensity as we have spoken of the cycles or the cylinder look from the seven seals that were broken over the last week and our message there and now the seven trumpets, and soon to come the seven bowls of God's wrath to be poured out. Each cycle grows. If you remember back last week from chapter 4 to chapter 8, a quarter of the earth's population was taken out. Now we see a third. Either one of two things is happening. Either from chapter 4 to chapter 8... One quarter of all of Earth's population is gone, and now what is left, a third of that is taken, or we're seeing it build from 25% to now 33%, and then it'll be even more than that as this continues to go. Either number, either the quarter, or and then on top of that, another third, or growing from a quarter to a third. You and I need to understand that this place that we are living this moment is going away. It is going to be destroyed and countless numbers of people will lose their lives in this day of tribulation. There will be one final day. And that final day every single person that has ever lived from Adam to that moment, they will come to an end and they will spend eternity one of two places. God is in control and He is building, as we're seeing this, He is building this end to His world. Each cycle grows and here we see in the Chapter 8, we see the first four trumpets as they are being blown. Look with me at these trumpets as we spend just a moment here. The first is this. The first trumpet, hail and fire are coming out of heaven. The second trumpet, like something like a mountain, is hurled into the sea. A third of the sea is now gone. The oceans are gone. A third of them are gone. The third trumpet, a meteor-like star falls from heaven, poisoning the earth's rivers and all that those who drink of it die And the fourth, a third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars were all struck so that they provided one third less light and one third less of the day and one third less of the night was there. These four trumpets, when one studies them, when they look at them, it reminds you of something that happened back in the Old Testament. Back in the Old Testament, there was a group of God's people, children of Israel. Back in the Old Testament, they rebelled against God. God had placed them in a land that was lush. He he moved them from from, uh, Jacob and his 12 sons and 70 strong down to Egypt. He blessed them indeed. They grew and they were outnumbering the Egyptians. The Egyptians got scared. And so they said, hey, we need to bring them into slavery and they brought them into slavery and then for the years upon years they were influenced by the Egyptians instead of influencing the Egyptians, the Egyptians influenced them and they started worshipping like the Egyptians did and God brought plagues to remind His people and also to remind Egypt who He was, that He was sovereign and Ra, the sun god, was not sovereign or any other false deity that the Egyptians might be worshipping. And he sent plagues. You look at those first four trumpets. Hail and fire. A meteor-like star poisoning the earth's water and it turning into blood. The seas gone, turning into blood. Darkness, a third of the sun, a third of the moon, a third of the stars were all struck so that they provided a third less light and... All of these point us back. But then in chapter 8, verse 13, something ramps up. Look with me there again. Revelation chapter 8, verse 13. We saw the first four, and now it's ramped up once again. Then I looked, and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, Woe! Woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. The first four trumpets were bad. But this eagle is crying out and says, you better watch out for these next three. The fifth trumpet starts there in chapter 9. This trumpet, a star fallen from heaven, and he was given the key to open the abyss. He was given a key to open the bottomless pit and to allow what is in the bottomless pit to come out. What a picture of what comes out. Smoke comes out. Smoke, and it darkens the sky, it darkens the the sun. Along with that smoke that is coming out, there are... There are locusts that come out, and these aren't just regular locusts. Locusts, uh, going back to the plagues in Egypt, they are there and they eat all the vegetation, but these locusts have specific orders, do not touch a green plant, do not touch any of the grass, but you are here for five months to torment all the people of the world. It's a key phrase. Phrase in chapter 9 and it's spoken of a couple of times and it's spoken of throughout the book itself and it represents those that do not have the seal of God. Those that are not saved so to speak. Those that are living after the world. Those that are of the world. And these locusts are there and they are tormenting them for five months. They're tormenting them with their mouths, with their Teeth. They're tormenting them with their tails that are like scorpions. And they are not killing people, but they are tormenting them for five months. And then the sixth trumpet blows. The sixth trumpet is blown and four angels that are bound at the river Euphrates. They're loosed. And when they were loosed, they went out and they killed a third of mankind. Tribulation is bad. Tribulation is terrible. And after this, a third of mankind being killed. A seventh trumpet is blown. And we're taken back from... The scene on this earth back up into heaven as that trumpet is blown. And as that trumpet is blown, this seventh trumpet there are voices around the throne of God. And they cry out and they say, the kingdom of man has gone and now ushering into the kingdom of our great Lord. This kingdom. He will begin his reign. He will reign Forever and ever and ever. Remember that this world is passing away. This place where you and I, right now I call 34 Tanner Cove home. Y'all know that address, I say it often. You have an address that you call home. But this place is passing away. And in all honesty, this isn't our home. We're just passing through, and we'll get there in just a moment. But our home, our forever home, is in heaven. And you and I are called to live knowing that ultimately God will judge this world. We see this tribulation. Let me give you a second point And let's look at two reasons for the tribulation. There's, there's The reason for this tribulation is twofold. The first is this. This tribulation is a warning. It is a warning for this world to stop the sin, to stop their um, disobedience against God. It is a warning of the judgment that is to come. You look back there in Revelation chapter 9, I believe. Read with me verse 20, or look at it as I read verse 20. It says, the rest of mankind, those who were not killed by the plagues, those who had made it through those six, seven trumpets, they didn't repent of their works. They didn't give up worshiping demons. They they didn't give up worshiping idols of gold and silver, of bronze and stone and wood, which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or even their thefts. They did not repent. This tribulation is to be a warning for the world, but the world did not listen. And a second reason... For these warnings is to compel you and me right now to act. God didn't give us the book of Revelation. He didn't give us the book of Revelation so we could sit around and we could say, all right, I know what's about to come. We don't understand that. He gave us the book of Revelation to show us that He is God the one on the throne at the end and because he's the one on the throne at the end, it should change how you and I live our lives each and every day. These chapters, verses eight chapter 8 through 11 are beckoning you and they're beckoning me to pray for God's kingdom to come. After praying, They're also beckoning that we should be encouraged to fearlessly proclaim the gospel of our God. People are spending an eternity in one of two places. They're going to spend eternity either in heaven with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Or they're going to spend eternity. And it is about to be shown to us over the next few chapters. But they're going to spend an eternity away from him in solitude, in torment, in torture, in a place where teeth are gnashed. And there is no relief in a place called hell. Third and finally this morning is this, that the proclamation of the gospel is our task. Verses on the screen will be uh, Acts chapter 1. As Jesus is about to go back to the Father, He gives His marching orders to His followers. He says this in verse number 6 of Acts chapter 1. As He's talking, there's dialogue between the uh, disciples who are now apostles or about to be apostles and Jesus, and here is what goes on. So when they had come together, this group, Jesus and the disciples, when they had come together, they asked Him, Lord Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, is it at this time that, that all of this is gonna come to an end? You've already talked about it to some degree. We we saw Matthew chapter 24. We heard you as as you were talking about that on a number of occasions. Is it at this time that the kingdom's gonna be restored? He said to him, guys, it's not for you to know the times. It's not for you to know the seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when He had said these things... As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing up into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Our task is before us as we look at the events of what is taking place in the book of Revelation. Our task is in front of us. Our task is this, that we are to be out in the towns, we are to be out in the marketplaces, in the workshops, in the homes, in the ball fields, meeting halls, living rooms, at the health clubs, the swim meets where I was most of the day yesterday, soccer fields, ball courts, supper tables, job sites, the classrooms, the waiting rooms, in the parking lots, The gas stations, the drive throughs the cleaners, the banks, or wherever else you and I go, we are to be there proclaiming the great news of Jesus Christ. It is our mandate. It is for no one else. It is for you. It is for me to proclaim the greatness of the King. That's your job. Your job today... Your job until you take your last breath. My job until I take my last breath is to proclaim the great news of Jesus Christ. Because there is a world that does not know Him. That will spend eternity away from Him. Here in Revelation chapter 10 and 11 we see a couple of words that are used six times in, this, in these two chapters. In chapter 10, verse 7, chapter 10, verse 11, chapter 11, verses 3, 6, 10, and 18, the words are prophesy and prophet. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, I'm not a prophet, nor the son or a daughter of a prophet. But in essence, if you are a son or a daughter of the king, you are a prophet. Because you and I are to be witnesses and to tell. We're all called to take the good news of God and proclaim it to this world that needs it. A world that is dark and getting darker is out there and needs to know the gospel. What do prophets do? They proclaim truth in the present. They proclaim truth right now so that change can occur because they know what's coming. You know what's coming. An end is coming. And it does not look very pretty at all for those that don't know Jesus Christ. The truth of God is to be proclaimed by the prophet because the prophet knows that the wrath of God is coming. If you look at chapter 11, I'm not going to take the time and read it again, but here's what one commentator, how he summed it up, he, he summed it up this way, our lives are secure. Our suffering is to be ex- expected in verse 2, our task is to be prophetic in verse 3, our message is Clear, Our light is unquenchable there in verse 4. Our souls are untouchable in verse 5. Our power is invincible. Our death is temporary. Our resurrection is sure. Our mission will be complete. And our God will be glorified. We see the picture in chapter 11 of two witnesses. And there will be a day where two witnesses for three and a half years will not be touched. They won't be touched because God has placed on them a safety. And they will stand and they will proclaim, thus says the Lord. For three and a half years, for 1260 days, they will, they will be there. And then there will be a day when they die. You see that picture? They'll die. and I mean, their corpses will be rotting in the streets for three and a half days. Everybody will be coming around them, and they might kick them. They might look at them. They might spit on them. They might talk about them. But they won't let them be thrown in a tomb. And then when people are walking by them, God will breathe life back into them. And God will call them home. Folks, it's going to get darker before he comes. It's going to get darker before we spend eternity with him in heaven. We know this because we've read the book. We know this because we've been told that we don't like to see it. We start questioning is this person the Antichrist? Is that person bringing about all this destruction? Is this the beginning of the tribulation? It's not for us to know the times or the seasons. But it is for us to be on the welcoming committee. To be going out in all those places that I spoke of. To be sharing, Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to trust him. He wants to give you himself. He wants to give you all the spiritual blessings that one could possibly have. But you have to turn. You have to turn from your sin. You have to turn from yourself and you have to turn to him and you've got to place your trust there. And he will flood your soul and your eternity will change. That's our task. God placed in you and he placed in me a spirit of power and not of fear. And we have shut our mouths. And we have not spoken up. And that is what he's called us to do. That's the only reason we're here. you take these verses. Verses that I just scratched the surface. We will look at them and unpack them more in the coming weeks and see different details of them. But the major reason for that is this. You have been challenged. You have been encouraged. You have been given the spirit of the living God inside of you to take him and live and proclaim the greatness of our King. To a world that is around you. Maybe across the dinner table from you. Maybe across the yard from you. Definitely across the job site from you. and Definitely across the world from us. For those that don't know him. That they might know the hope. That you and I have. Heavenly Father I bow before you. God, we oftentimes don't like words that, that challenge us, words that speak of things that we're not doing, that aren't comfortable to us to do. And God, to be honest, I, I was extremely kind. And saying those, but Father, you have placed in us. You have placed in me your Spirit. You have died that we might live, not just now, but for all eternity. God, we close our mouths. And we don't say anything. Oh, Father, would you in me, I pray for myself, would you put a hunger, a passion, you've already done it. Father, would I just obey? Lord, would we just obey? Would we just take you at your word that you will bless, that you will work, that you are the one that draws men to to yourself? God, would we love our neighbor because we love you with everything that we have. God, would you work this morning in our hearts. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. The invitation is for us this morning. It's for you. In that he desires for you to be encouraged. He desires for you to be challenged. Think of that person on the job site or think of that person in the family. Think of that person, that neighbor that lives by you and pray for him. Pray for him as the band sings. Pray for him as you sing and then go and share. This week, would you stand and would you sing?